everyone we're going to launch a series to be determined called hidden woman in history this came about because we had a conversation about various women we came across or saw in films things like that and we realized that we hadn't you know heard about them or learned about them in history class and we really should have so yeah that is the genesis of this series and to start us off i'm going to tell you all briefly about teresa hakyang cha and i'm not an expert but i came across this writer and her story haunted me so much that I thought it was fitting to start the series off with her. So I first heard of Teresa Hakyung Cha, Cha Hakyung, through Kathy Park Hong's book called Minor Feelings in Asian American Reckoning. Before I dive in, I want to let you know that the information and quotes I'm citing here are largely from Kathy Park Hong's book. I'm intentionally choosing to call Miss Cha Teresa and Miss Hong Kathy by their first names. I hope they don't mind. My intention with this is that they are women to be uplifted, to be known, and their names should be said as frequently as possible. I'll just begin with Teresa's biography. So she was born on March 4th, 1951 and passed away on November 5th, 1982. Teresa was born in Busan, Korea during the Korean War. She was a middle child of five. Her family emigrated to the US in 1962, settling in Hawaii, then moving again to the Bay Area. This is uh, California to my UK friends in 1964. In her high school years, Teresa studied the classics, including French and Greek. She sang in the choir, won many scholastic awards, including a poetry contest. Teresa became fluent in French, English, and Korean. No big deal at all. At the University of California, Berkeley, she pursued art and writing. She studied ceramics, comparative literature, and met several talented professionals in the sector who would influence her career. She earned her BA in comparative literature and art. As a graduate student, Teresa's interest in film grew further. She, quote unquote, felt an affinity with Stefan Mallarmé's associative and restrained use of language. She studied with the prominent artists during her graduate studies as well. Teresa began her career as a performance artist, producer, director, and writer in 1974. She returned to Korea for the first time in 17 years, which is just an insanely long period of time to not be able to return to your home. In 1980, she moved to New York City, working as an editor and writer for Tannen Press, which is now defunct. She traveled to Japan and Korea to work on the film White Dust from Mongolia with her brother, which unfortunately was not able to be finished due to the political situation in Korea at the time. Side note here, folks, do your research on this important piece of history. I trust you are all capable of looking at a fantastic website called Google and other search engines. Teresa taught video art at Elizabeth Seton College while working in the design department at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. She was also awarded an artist's residence at the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design in 1982. 
She was described by those who knew her as, quote-unquote, ambitious, pure, intelligent. She married photographer Richard Barnes in 1982. Now, let's get to her last published work called Dicte. I'm so sorry I do not speak French. I can't pronounce this correctly, but let's move on. Quoting from Kathy Park Hong here, Published in 1982, Dicte is about mothers and martyrs, revolutionaries and uprisings. Dicte documents the violence of Korean history through the personal stories of Teresa's mother and the 17-year-old martyr, Yu Gansun, who led the protests against the Japanese occupation of Korea and then died from being tortured by Japanese soldiers in prison. In other chapters, Teresa writes about Joan of Arc and French nun St. Teresa. Her book Dicte was displayed in a legendary bookshop called St. Mark's Bookshop in New York City. Even now in 2021, that is still considered a huge honor. An immigrant woman of color making it past all the other white literature to be featured prominently in the window case of a legendary bookshop. Amazing. Kathy describes her opinion of Dicte. Cha spoke my language by indicating that English was not her language that English should never be a true reflection of her consciousness, that it was so, as much an imposition on her consciousness as it was a form of expression. And because of that, Dicta felt true. A week after her successful novel was published, Teresa was raped and murdered by security guard in New York City on November 5th, 1982. I refuse to say his name here, but he was already wanted in several states as a serial rapist. Whew, boy, the next part is a little bit, well, that's putting it mildly, it's hard to talk about, but it should be talked about. And that is the whole point of why we're choosing to launch the series. Uh, what enrages me is that there is no media coverage of Teresa's passing and rape. It's just loosely alluded to as a, quote, sad incident and something that the media shouldn't, quote, bother the family about. Kathy asked Flerman Lewis, one of Teresa's friends, about her thoughts on this. And her friend said this without hesitation, quote, she was just another Asian woman. If she were a young white artist from the Upper West Side, it would have been all over the news. In fact, it's difficult to find reliable statistics on Asian American women who've been sexually assaulted. A survey discovered that among all the ethnic backgrounds, Asian American women reported the lowest rate of sexual assault. Yet another survey excluded Asian American women altogether because, quote unquote, the sampling size was too small. I guess what else really frustrates me is that when you google Teresa it's not even a photo of her it's her sister and Kathy explains this spot on in her book but I'm going to try to articulate how I feel about it I mean even even in 2020 Prior to the pandemic, if there was another Asian woman, people would confuse us too, which, which is infuriating because, oh, God forbid I do that to two white people. 
And what can you do? I mean, it happens so often that I try not to let it get to me and I just moved on. But I, it was just so blatantly racist and rude. Uh, and then little comments like, I watch K-dramas, they all look the same. Okay, but what if I say that about any other show on Netflix? You know, I would be... I would be told off by it and to perpetuate the stereotype into someone's death it's like not it's just so beyond what is the word I'm struggling I'm struggling to search for the right word it is just beyond rude like is this how we honor her death by not even correcting her google image what like all Asian women all Asian people look the same is this what we are saying to the world not and I know it happens within people of color as well but who dominates these narratives white people so yes it it's almost ironically like the final nail to the coffin like we're not going to do a proper investigation we're not going to publicize your death and story and we're not going to honor your legacy by making sure that your photo is correct so this it chills me it haunts me it infuriates me it saddens me but at the same time that's not what I want her to be remembered by, at least in my personal sphere. I I want to remember her creative legacy, her resilience and bravery, because she had to live with all of this and more that I've told you all today. And I want to remember what she had to go through and try to make it make it better. And that's what we should be doing we should be intentionally choosing and doing a little extra research and extra time to find these hidden women in history to continue Teresa's story I'm going to have to refer to Kathy's book basically Kathy tells us how Teresa's brother, sister, mother had these recurring dreams that helped them to locate what the police couldn't. The police were trying to find her missing wedding ring, purse, boot, and beret, but they kept having dreams about recurring sevens, and it turns out, actually, that's in the basement of the Puck building where Teresa uh, passed away. Um, there were these white brick columns and they ended up finding the missing items um, in uh, room 710, I believe. So it's a little bit eerie and to continue, I'll read an excerpt from uh, Kathy's book. So he, he, John, as in Teresa's brother, said, 
they came to a stairway that led to three white brick columns marked with the numbers 710, 711, and 713, which stopped John in his tracks. Recalling his mother's and Bernadette's dreams, John said they should search around there. They opened dead-end rooms until they came to a set of old double doors that they pushed open. The first thing John saw were her gloves. They looked alive, John told me. When I asked him to clarify, John said the gloves looked puffed up, as if there were invisible hands inside them, cupping the ground. There was also her hat, caked in blood, and her other boot. He was in shock. When the police arrived and the space was flooded with light, the gloves deflated back to their natural flat shape. Later, the memory of those gloves would haunt him for years and compel him to write his memoir. They were her final art piece, John said. So, Kathy does go on to explain that um, grief can trick the eye and bend our perceptions, but it is still a very eerie and spellbinding and compelling account and it's only up to the reader and now you the listener to make your own judgments on that but I personally yeah I personally I yeah I find it haunting I find this entire story haunting and what I'm struggling to articulate here is that here is this amazing woman yes she is a woman of color yes she is an immigrant which makes her even more amazing but she was so accomplished and intelligent i mean she was magnificently creative and she spoke several languages she wrote in french korean and english it just i'm struggling to really articulate this and as I said earlier, the fact that she was able to get her book on this legendary bookstore, the front of the story, I mean, sadly, even in 2021, that's a big deal because the creative sector is very white dominated um, and like all sectors need to be decolonized. But, you know, like back then, it was still a tremendous achievement and the fact that she ended up dying in the hands of a serial rapist, a white male serial rapist, and there wasn't an outcry by the media. I mean, her friend even says if she if she were a white artist, it'd be a different story. That says everything. So problematic. And why she's just been hidden from history. Um, the... I guess the reassuring thing is that her brother and family have kept her memory going. There are writers like Kathy who keep her going and her works are being studied in creative writing and the arts. But I haven't even come across her until now. And this is just prominent on so many levels as, as a woman and then as an Asian American woman. Um, yes. It, it her story haunts me and to be honest I'm still going through dictate maybe this sounds like an excuse I mentioned this for Kathy Park Hong's book as well but it's extremely hard to read because it's so relatable to me the instances that they both write about uh to be from a small country means that you're always going to be hit with this uh, this internal sadness, this this rage, um, 
it is very complicated. It's what I guess Korean people describe as Han, but it's not unique to Korea. I think it's when you have a shared history uh, and you live in a small country. I believe that's that's like a common common feeling. And I'll just I'll just end this very shortly because I'm barely scraping the surface. I'm not being eloquent with this because it it is hard for me to explain. And I'm sure there are other writers, other creatives who are much better at explaining this than than I am. But you know what? It's not my job to explain to uh, other people. It's actually the onus is actually on each of us to to reflect and to learn what we can and I guess this is one of my outlets to try to process what's happening around the world currently and what hasn't been happening you know ever since since Teresa's time and even before so why we're doing this is we want to continue the conversation we can't let these women be hidden it's it just can't happen so yeah thanks for listening everyone i hope you feel compelled to buy Teresa's story or at least it ignites a curiosity in you to look her up her content is amazing she is like a very outstanding woman an outstanding creative and yeah that's it for this month's hidden woman in history and we will continue with the series next month bye